for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors. Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Welcome to a championship edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. If you are listening now, it means you are 2 of 10, or 2 of 12. Or two of 14, or two of 20 people left in your league. Congratulations. You, you think there's nobody listening that is out? No, because you, you're bitter, and you <laughs> give up. Although you could play Daily Fantasy. I was say, or you're playing Fanball. Yeah, Fanball. That, that works, or yes. Maybe they're just last two weeks. Last two weeks, I don't, are we doing the auction game into the playoffs? Uh, I believe so. I think so. All right. Appreciate so you why so, we wouldn't. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, you'll want to get the auction game in while you can, though. It runs through the NFL season. So you'll want to do that. Uh, my co-host today, Brian Johnson, Scott Fish. Hello. Good morning. Morning. Merry Christmas. Let's put a bow on this baby. Yeah, let's unwrap some championship gifts. Let's unwrap some hardware for our listeners. Yeah. Championship week. You know who won't be uh, who won't be helping out our fantasy owners? Odell Beckham Jr. Todd Gurley. Oh, Todd Gurley. It's he might, but he might not, and you're not going to know. And here's the the really bad part with Gurley is it's a late. Game start. Late oh, afternoon so start. So rough. So now the problem is for to put this in central time, uh time time zone, you're gonna have to make decisions by twelve o'clock noon, not knowing in all probability if Todd Gurley's going to play against the worst run defense in the NFL. And Such a good matchup. that magnet that that all gets magnified by the fact that there's not a lot of clarity behind Todd Gurley where the team has been, I think trying to mask their true plans for what they what they want to do if Todd Gurley can't go. So let's start the show and we've got 16 matchups to do. There's no Thursday game. We got to get through every matchup. We got to take calls. Ben, Chris, Matt, Tommy, Ellie and Greg. We have that many calls already. We already've got full phone lines. Wow. We have a lot to get to, but let's talk about Gurley cuz this is so important to so many people. I believe if you have another viable starter in the noon games, you can't start Gurley. Right. Obviously, if you've got a viable starter in a later game, then you can wait and find out if Gurley's in or not. And if you do, put Gurley in your flex, not in your running backs. Bro. Yeah, very great. It's a great point. Put him in your flex. You could flex in a wide receiver if you needed to. So don't be able or to think a tight he, end. Yeah, or a tight end. A warm body. Yes, yes. <laughs> a non-Gurley body. That's right. Yep. Even if Gurley doesn't so, play, he's probably better than most tight ends. <laughs> well, that is that, that might be true. The tight end landscape is so bad. So you guys with me that um, given what we know right now, Saturday morning, and I don't think we're going to know anymore because I think they're playing coy. You can't start Todd, Todd Gurley based on 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 what it looks like right now. If you have another quasi startable player, like somebody in maybe my top thirty of my rankings on Fanball, you with me on this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. All right. So let's play it one step deeper. Now, you are a John Kelly owner, and you've got to make a decision. You've got to make another a similar decision. Do you try John Kelly now? I think this is I think this is a far more difficult decision and here's why. Even if Gurley goes, Kelly's still going to have a role. Eight different backup runners 
had fantasy significant games, backups against the Cardinals because they're so bad against the run. Yep. Kelly has a degree of safety that you don't have with Todd Gurley. What do you guys do about John Kelly? Well, we're going to get into this matchup later, of course, but C.J. Anderson is a thing now, and they say they want to give him a look, get him up to speed on the plays, going to the playoffs. I don't know, but I think, Kelly, you can start with confidence, at least at the flex level. John Kelly got every first-team snap this week, pretty much. Yes. So... C.J. Anderson has been on the team for five days. I'm four just saying days. he's a thing. I know. Oh, I know all the buzz is and, on right. Kelly. I'm not just saying he's cut you know, by two different teams this year. Yeah, on his third team, who does when the pat? It's one thing to teach him a handful of plays for running. He can't be on the field on passing plays very much at all. Even though he's a decent pass blocker, he can't know all the. You can't know all the assignments. You can't know all the blitz pickups when you've been on the team for four days. That stuff is out. I am not listening to the C.J. Anderson steam. Yeah, I'm all in on Kelly this I'm week. I'm in on if, Kelly. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that at all. All right, good. Let's move on to the matchups because we have so much to get to. We begin with Cincinnati taking on the Cleveland Browns. Scott, it's uh, Joe Mixon has been fantastic, but I don't. And but Tyler Boyd is out, and I'm worried that the whole defensive game plan for Cleveland, who just shut down Philip Lindsay. It's going to be to stop Joe Mixon and win the game. Yeah, that that could be true. I mean, this is a game where both Mixon and Chubb had 120 plus total yards each the last time they played, uh, which is pretty rare for both running backs to have great games. But honestly, I don't like anything in the passing game here. I just don't. With Boyd out, Ross is your little dart throw thing. I don't mm-hmm. even think he can get it done. Uh, Uzoma. He had 13 targets against the Browns a few weeks ago, and the the Browns have allowed double-digit fantasy days to Jared Cook, O.J. Howard, Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, Jordan Thomas, Ian, a bunch of players. So I gave Uzoma just like a kind of a C grade. I don't even like it, but in the tight end landscape nowadays... You might have to play him. Yeah, you might have to, and it's an okay matchup for him. But I'm not starting Driscoll. I'm not starting the wide receivers, and I know what you said about Mixon. I'm still giving him an A grade here because he's averaging over 30 touches a game over the last two, and he's going to need that this week for them to have He's a going shot. To. So at that kind of volume, I'm giving him an A grade. All four running backs with at least 20 touches against the Browns, mm-hmm. 115 plus total yards, and three of those four uh, were over 150 total yards. Mm. So I, I still have an A grade on Mixon. I think I have him in my top six or seven uh, running backs this week. I'm 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 more nervous about Mixon than you are, but we'll we'll find out. Yeah, that's it. And I, I know he's been great. Yeah. I'm I'm curious where you have him ranked now, but let's uh, let's go to the Browns while you. I have him ranked there. nine. Okay, uh, on the Browns side, Mayfield gets his second revenge game against Hugh Jackson. He, if you remember a few weeks ago, he had 250 yards and four touchdowns. Since then, his numbers have dropped a little, and the the Bengals held down Keenum and Rivers and Carr, so that expectations should be a little tempered. But he does have multiple touchdowns in six of the last eight. I gave kind of a weak B grade here to to Baker Mayfield, but I don't love Landry or Callaway. Landry is so boomer bust right now. He followed a hundred day up with a, a fifty plus day, and then a thirty seven yard game. And since Hugh left, he's been all over the map. Really, uh, I have. A bench grade on Landry, believe it or not. A bench grade on Callaway as well. Wow, I, I like Callaway. Oh, do you? I do. Man, he he's so inconsistent. Goose egg. Just two weeks ago, he had a goose egg. I know. That's. Ugh. I know. He's he's he is a he, Antonio Callaway is a boom or bust, all yeah. or nothing guy, well, and it feels like against Cincinnati, this could this could be. And by the way, he's fresh off a career high five catch performance okay. last week, right? So 
you know, he's trending, short-term trending the wire, <laughs> short term, One game short-term. That's yeah. right. Very short. I, I like him as a, I like him as a dart, as a dart throw here. I just, and I like him as, what's his fan ball price, Antonio Callaway? Maybe, I will look that up. Thank you. Maybe I just don't have the cojones to drop him into my championship game lineup. Your cojones his, haven't dropped. His price is 4900 Uh David Njoku, I have a C grade on because I think he's going to do better than that. And every time I give him a higher grade, he does nothing. <laughs> so uh, he had five for 63 and a touchdown last time against Cincinnati. And that, if you remember that sweet crowd surfing touchdown he had basically in mm-hmm. that game, uh, the Bengals have allowed five tight end touchdowns in the last eight weeks and over 60 yards to tight ends in five of those eight games. Uh, I actually like him better than a C, but I'm giving him a C just because I think he'll do better and I want him to. Bells scored in that game too. Bolchered a tight end uh, ooh, touchdown from Njoku, I recall. And Nick Chubb, I want to say, is just an obvious A, but maybe he's not to some, but 128 and two touchdowns last time. Since Hyde left, he's averaging 104 total yards per game, and he scored eight touchdowns in those eight games. He's just mm. an every-week start now. So A grade on Chubb. I love Nick Chubb's my number three running back this week. That's three. We were talking on the earlier show. Yep. That's about where I have him, too. Yeah, he's going to go off. Yeah, I, love th- him. He's sitting on a monster game. Nick Chubb, yep. love him this week. A- Atlanta taking on uh, Carolina. Carolina's going to be with without its starting quarterback. Tyler Heineke will be your starter. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta. Let's start with the Atlanta side of the matchup, though. Uh, I think they're going to breeze through this game, win handily, and I see a lot of points coming. You see it the same way? Pretty much, uh We'll start with Tevin Coleman uh, with uh, Judge Ito Smith on IR now. Devonta Freeman not coming back. Coleman's in line for some bell cow usage in this game. And Mm -hmm. with Cam on the shelf, this game script looks like it's going to heavily favor the running game for the Falcons. So even though it's kind of a tough matchup on paper, Tevin Coleman's got to get an A grade this week, especially with all the injuries at running back. He's, He's in line for 20 touches minimum in this game. So... I'm giving Coleman an A coming off the big game. He actually had a big game in the first meeting uh, way back in week two, over 100 yards on 6.7 yards per carry. Uh, Julio Jones, listed as a game-time decision right now. A little nervous about that, but he's expected to play with rib and hip injuries. Obvious A there. If he's active, you're starting him. For every reason he sits, that's the only reason Calvin Ridley or Mohamed Sanu become viable. But if Julio's active, they're both on the bench, especially Ridley. Hasn't scored since mid-October. It's what a helped. disappointment yeah. he's been after the crazy hot start. I really thought he was heading for like a bonkers rookie year. Yeah, I will say his snaps in those hot start games, like he was not playing very many snaps. So it, it was a little bit fluky. I kind of like Sanu against Captain Munderland in the slot. Munderland's been bad. Yeah, the ceiling, he's got a safe floor, but there's no no exciting ceiling with Sanu. But no, I, if I agree you're, with If that. you're desperate, I, I could see Sanu as a, a Darthrow take-on type receiver. Uh, definitely like him more than Ridley in this game. Uh, Austin Hooper, not liking him a whole lot. Served up a zero burger last week. Dropped a touchdown, which wasn't even a real target. It was off a broken play. Right. He's dinged up. Uh, the Panthers, on for the season, look soft against tight ends. But they haven't conceded a tight end touchdown in five straight games. And no tight end has hit 40 yards during that span, the 40-yard mark. Uh, Hooper did have five catches for 59 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting, but uh, I almost would look elsewhere. Odds are you're not contemplating starting Hooper, but I'll give him a C if he's suited up and deemed healthy. And then Matt Ryan, just uh, obviously last week's top-scoring quarterback, top-five quarterback on the season. You're starting him in this game. And I'm going to cut to the chase with Carolina. The only player worth mentioning now is Christian McCaffrey. That's uh, it? That's There's it. nobody else. I'm not going DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel with uh, Heineke. And, uh, no. Christian McCaffrey, Carolina's packed it in. But he has milestones to hit. I think he's 14 catches short of the the receiving record for running backs. He mm. got snubbed for the Pro Bowl too. Yeah, guys usually. <laughs> 
and it's the Falcons. It's Christian McCaffrey against the Falcons. The so. team that gives up the most receptions to running backs and has for four straight years. So let's just give him the uh, old fantasy Fonzie. Mm-hmm. A. Yeah. You got it. I love it. Uh, tonight's game, Baltimore taking on the Chargers. On the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson, a fascinating matchup here. Now, you already know that the rushing line basically reads like a running back, averaging 17 carries for 86 yards. That's unreal. He's Chris Carson playing. He is. He's Chris Carson playing running back or playing quarterback. And you're going to need all of those rushing yards because he's not going to pass on the Chargers' elite pass defense. Los Angeles just put Patrick Mahomes and his passing abilities on his worst performance of the year. And Lamar Jackson's fractionally as good a passer, a passer as Patrick Mahomes. So it's all about the legs here. So what are you going to get from Lamar Jackson's legs? Chargers haven't allowed a rushing touchdown in 20 games. 20. That's a few. That is a lot of a few. And so <laughs> that is going to make things tough on Lamar Jackson. I've got him as a B start because the rushing numbers give him a very safe floor. But I don't think he's got the explosive upside that you want from Lamar Jackson. I want to see like a quarterback, uh, Jamal Charles. Remember when he had 20 rushing yards and 150 receiving and five touchdowns? <laughs> yeah. I want to see 20 passing yards and 150 rushing. We might get that. <laughs> uh, Gus Edwards gets a B grade here. Uh, if it, you know, He is somewhat touchdown dependent here, but I think there's a good chance he does score. Chargers have allowed eight rushing touchdowns to backs in their last five games. They've also allowed almost five yards a carry to running backs over the last eight games. Gus Edwards, good start. Kenneth Dixon even uh, gets into this mix a bit here as well with a C grade. Uh, Los Angeles, as I mentioned, they've given up all those rushing touchdowns, all those yards per carry. Gus got more work. He got more carries last week, but Dixon had more snaps last Ooh, week. I did not so this thing could be a little closer to 50-50, and I think you can still start Dixon in a pinch. Let's go to the Chargers side. Melvin Gordon goes right back to being an A grade, even though he's got a tough matchup with the Ravens defense, allowing the fourth fewest rushing attempts and the third fewest rushing yards per game. They have been a little more vulnerable lately, though, giving up 88 rushing yards and a touchdown per game to Peyton Barber and the Chiefs committee of running backs. So there's, you know, there's still some safety here, and Melvin Gordon was great all year. We're going to keep starting him with an A grade. Keenan Allen's expected to play through his hip injury, but... Uh, he's going to see slot cornerback Brandon Carr in coverage, who's allowed over 32 yards just once in his last five games. That is a tough matchup for Keenan Allen. He's surrendered no scores all year out of the slot. That's, again, tough matchup for Keenan Allen, who I'm putting a B grade on out of respect for Keenan Allen, but he's probably, in reality, closer to a C. Mike Williams was uh, an unexpected hero last week. Zero chance of a repeat this week. Uh, that is, it, it's not happening against a great Baltimore defense that hasn't allowed a score to a wide receiver in four straight games. So I've got a, I've got a wobbly C grade here on Mike Williams. Don't love him, and I still think you're you're reaching if you try to chase last week's box score. No grade on Hunter Henry this week? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But I'll tell you what, flash forward to next year, yeah. show. Yeah, there you go. Uh, August, I think we are August 4th. 3rd. 3rd. August 3rd this year. of next year. Hunt Is Hunter Henry a second round Woo. pick? I think he's going to go, I think his average draft position is going to be round two. That's how high Hunter Henry's going to go next year. The year of the tight end. The year twenty nineteen. It is. It's going to be yep. all. It's going to be all tight ends all the time, and those that, or that's going to be our big talking point. Yep. In our in our silver anniversary shows. 
Uh, when we come back, take a chance on me. Even though it's the championship week, look at all the problems that running back people have. Yeah. Look at all the brutally tough matchups for quarterbacks out there. We will help you find good matchups, even for those of you in the championship week. Take a chance on me. Coming up next. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Grain Belt Premium on the fan. Yo. Final show of the year. Final take a chance on me of the year. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Scott Fish. These are nine players not normally in your starting lineup, and even in a championship week, you can start these guys in many cases. You can. Um, And uh, in particular, I think all three of the running backs you're going to hear about, startable for many of you with all of the running back problems. Um, that you know, all the people that have limped into the championship game with these running back issues, these are guys that are going to help, but we're going to start at the quarterback position and Brian Johnson. I'm going to go with uh, Sam Darnold, or if uh, Mike Francesca was call- uh, calling this, you'd call him Sam Donald, but uh, Sam Darnold at home versus Green Bay. Uh, Darnold understandably struggled in his first game back from injury at Buffalo, but uh, looked very good at home against the Texans last week, uh, which was a tough tough matchup. This is not a tough matchup, considering Green Bay is decimated by injury, mm-hmm. and they have allowed... Uh, multiple touchdown passes in four of their last five games. The only one who failed to do it was Josh Rosen. Uh, and that's because the Cardinals actually dominated that game with ball control. So uh, wow. I'm liking Sam Darnold this week. He might outscore Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I don't like going second. <laughs> Just why? I don't know why. I go third. Is, that, yeah. what do you mean, is it better to go third? I, I have no idea. Uh, so my my guy is Dak Prescott. Uh, the <laughs> I had a weird week with Dak Prescott. At first, I thought it was a good matchup. Then I thought over the last half season, nine games, whatever, they're average. They're allowing the Bucks are allowing two hundred and ten yards and one point three touchdowns. They've been a, a vastly improved secondary. Right, but. In that span, the, there are road games, multiple touchdowns to three of them. Mm. And if you look at their road games this year, they're allowing an average of 37 points per game mm. on the road. All right. Se- six of the seven teams, 34 or more points. And if the Cowboys score 25 points, they will be the worst road team in NFL history. By points allowed? By points allowed. Wow. All right. Um, and the Bucks in road games, they're allowing an average of 300 yards or 320 yards and 2.7 touchdowns against. Hmm. I really have started to like Dak Prescott this week. All right, let's go to um, let's go to Marcus Mariota. I hope Mariota. I hope most of you don't have to go this far down the down the list, really. But uh, if you throw out the Redskins' domination of Cody Kessler and the Jaguars, and feel free because Kessler is not requisite at NFL starting quarterback, five of the last six. Quarterbacks have faced the Redskins have all posted big games, including three or four touchdowns in half of the last six. Ooh. I'm also throwing out Marcus Mariota's Mar- Mariota's last two games because he handed off to Derrick Henry 50 times. That probably doesn't happen. I just think everything corrects back to the middle here. Mariota's arm might just light up Washington. And maybe if his arm doesn't, his legs might. Kessler just ran for 68 yards against Washington. Mobile quarterbacks have fared well against the Redskins. It's a dart throw for sure, and I hope you don't need him. But Marcus Mariota, a plausible play. Let's go to the running back position. I'm going to stay in Jersey and go with uh, the Packers' Jamal Williams at the Jets. Uh, limited this week with a toe injury, but don't be concerned with that at all. He'll be full go on Sunday, and basically he's in line for bell cow work as well with Aaron Jones on IR. Uh, the Jets have shut down uh, the Texans and Bills in recent weeks, but I'm not reading into that too much. Uh, Randall Cobb also doubtful for this game, so the Packers are short on pass catchers. So mm-hmm. Jamal Williams, you can start with confidence this week. Yeah. All right. Agreed. 
Agreed. Running back position? Yes. All right. I have this weird guy we just talked about, John Kelly. <laughs> uh, during the break, we were watching a little bit of John Kelly porn, some stiff arms from college and whatnot. Yeah, just, just devastating players. His, oh, God. His stiff arms are so devastating, but this is a great spot for him. The Cardinals have allowed the most rushing attempts, most rushing yards, and the most rushing touchdowns this year, not to mention over the last five games, 5.2 yards per carry. I, I'm with Charge. I think it's a John Kelly day. I think it is, too. Uh, Elijah McGuire is your starting running back for the Jets, and he has been for two weeks when he's seen 20 touches per game, and he gets a juicy matchup with Green Bay. This is the same Green Bay defense that Jordan Howard just rumbled through last week. Week before that, Atlanta put up five yards per carry from their backfield. Week before that, Chase Edmonds. Remember Chase Edmonds carving up the, uh, the, uh, the, the Packers? And if that's not enough, the Packers just put their second defensive tackle on IR, Kenny Clark, who joins Mike Daniels on injured reserve. Elijah McGuire is a shockingly safe play this week. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Brian. Let me peacock really quick. McGuire was my take a chance on me running back last week. But I like you piggybacking on that. I agree 100%. All right, we're going deep, deep here at wide receiver with Isaiah McKenzie of the Buffalo Bills. That is deep. Uh, Leads the team in targets over the last two weeks. And has five carries for 26 yards mm. as well. Uh, runs out of the slot for the Bills, and the Patriots are very susceptible to slot receivers, allowing 60 yards per game in the seam. And uh, the Bills should be chasing points. You expect Belichick to shut down Josh Allen's legs. I see him looking McKenzie's way seven or eight times in this game, and he has a PPR upside. Hmm. Uh, I'm going with Blake Jarwin in that game where... Uh, you need to explain who Blake sorry. Jarwin is. That, that's that's sad that I really do, but big Blake Jarwin is the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Um, they, they play the Bucks. It's been a tight end wasteland, so I like this. Uh, Jarwin has seven targets in each of the last two games, and nine different targets have had five tar- nine different tight ends have had five targets against the Bucks this year, and all but one had double digit of fantasy day. I like Jarwin in what I think is a going to be a decently high scoring game. I mean, they they've allowed the fourth most receptions and fourth, fifth most yards to tight ends this year. Remember Demarius Thomas when he was a guy. He was a thing once. Yeah, and he's a thing now. Yeah. He's fresh off a six-catch, eight-target performance. Both of those career highs with his new team, the Texans. Kiki Cutie's out. He's going to continue to get a lot of volume, and he goes up against an Eagles secondary that is dead last in yards and dead last in receptions allowed to wide receivers. And they just ruled out starting cornerback Sidney Jones with a hamstring problem. What meager resources Philadelphia has will be pushed to DeAndre Hopkins' side of the field. So it's going to be primo matchups all game long for Demarius Thomas. I really like him Ooh. this week. That's a, I think that is a very strong take-a-chance-on-me play. Uh, a little bit of uh, house house cleaning. I failed to mention Phillip Rivers entirely in my, um, in my, uh, in my breakdown of the Chargers. And maybe it's because I wanted to forget because it is not a friendly matchup at all. Now, Rivers has thrown touchdowns in every game and multiple touchdowns in every game but one, but this is the toughest matchup of his year. He faces the NFL's best pass defense. He's got to do it with a hobbled Keenan Allen, and Baltimore completely shut down Jameis Winston last week. Four of the fa- f- past five opposing corner... Cor- <clears throat> Start over. Four of the past five opposing quarterbacks have failed to top even 211 passing yards against Yeesh. the Ravens. A C grade on Philip Rivers. Um, 
the waiver wire may be more helpful to you than what Philip Rivers is going to produce. We haven't talked about some of these guys, but we will. But the big-name quarterbacks, Rivers, Brady, Breeze. Oh, it's bad. It's I've never recalled a scarier championship week with the, the big-name quarterbacks like I this. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, Brady's Rogers. At, Brady right now is at 17. Rivers is at 15. Breeze is at 13. Rodgers is at 11. It's, you know, none, none of those guys inside the top 10, and these are the guys you thought you'd start every week and never have to think twice about. Yeah, it's it's a weird week where guys like Carr and Keenum and Prescott, I'm actually considering with or above some of those guys. Exactly. Let's uh, let's work in one more matchup into this segment. Tampa Bay taking on Dallas, Scott, and I don't like any any players for Tampa Bay in this matchup, and I think Mike Evans is the only startable player. What do you got? That That's pretty much where I am because Braid is so touchdown dependent. It, given the tight end wasteland, you I, probably have I, to gave, start him. I gave yeah. him a C grade, yep. but he's so dependent on that. Uh, Barber, I also gave a C grade, but I really considered benching. It's only because he always he gets 15 touches every dang yeah, game. There's that. And he's scored in like four of the last five. So He, he actually runs hard. He yeah, just gets no he help from that offense. He does. The, the Cowboys haven't allowed a runner over 65 yards since week seven so it is it's a c grade on volume and hope for a touchdown and barely but you're, you're right about everything else i have winston on the bench the cowboys since that saints game are just crushing quarterbacks yep and mike evans he leads the nfl in 100 yard receiving games and he's right now on a career high pace with 18 yards per carry which is or per catch yeah which is which gives him i gave him a low b grade honestly it is a homecoming game i believe for mike evans correct Ooh. i believe he's a texas guy oh he went to texas tech I know he that. did or A&M. No, yeah, he went to A&M. Wait. Who cares? I'm, I'm really thinking about that <laughs> No, right I now. think he did go to A&M. No, it was he A&M. It was he A&M. Did. Yeah, that's right, because he was uh, Manziel's... Manziel yeah, he was bailing A&M. out Johnny Manziel, yeah. making Manziel look like an NFL-caliber quarterback. Da- on the other side, the Cowboys, I gave Dak Prescott a B grade. He was my take on. By the way, I didn't mention this. Every quarterback on the road to face to face the Bucs, 20-plus fantasy points. Every mm. single one All on right. the road. Uh Amari Cooper, I gave a B grade because of that um, he crushed it for he's crushed it the four out of the five weeks since joining the Cowboys and disappeared last week. I know that it was a tough game, and not his fault though. The Colts have only allowed one top twelve re- performance from a wide receiver all year, so Amari was going to get you know a little ding that week, but but since joining the Cowboys, he's been awesome. Um, of the eleven receivers that had seven or more targets against Tampa Bay this year, nine had seventy-five yards or more and six scored. I got a B grade on him. I already talked about Jarwin as my take a chance on me guy, and Zeke I have as my number one running back this week. I think it's a clear cut obvious A. Yeah, yeah, that's all. We'll take a break. When we come back, Buffalo taking on New England. This is such a tricky matchup for the Patriots. Suddenly, without Josh Gordon, we'll tell you who you can trust and who you can't when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the Fan. Welcome back to a championship edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. I want to spend just a moment thanking our year-long sponsors who have uh, been kind enough to help support the show throughout the 2018 season. Devonis Pizza, delicious. Fanball.com, Town Hall Brewery, the Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors, Hudson Ford, Park Tavern, and of course, our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Um, one, You only have two weeks left to find your way to Manny's for the big winner's banquet. Chance to meet Dave Wilson and all the great people at Manny's and myself. I'll be there. 
I'll be there. Your chance to win $2,000. Brian will be there. Scott will be there. Uh, and <laughs> your trip to the Winner's Banquet. You have to go to grainbelt.com. Play the Crush Charge Challenge. You have two weeks left to do it. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, of course. Sean Ryan, Brett Moss, Lee Wendinger, Ted and Jody Marty, the owners. And hope to see you there. Take me down. I got a weird lineup this week. It might happen. Let's go get a grain belt after the show. I like the sound of that. All we right. should celebrate. Uh, except, you know what? I have to do Washington Redskins pregame radio after the show. <laughs> Well, you need five green belts. I, I, might, I, might, I, might, I might need that. <laughs> wow. I know. It's right. weird. I can go right from this to go to Redskins pregame. Yeah. What? Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into a couple of matchups. Buffalo taking on New England. We know uh, The Buffalo side's a little more obvious. The Patriots side. I can't wait to hear what you have to say, Brian, because this is a nasty matchup. I like I like the Buffalo side better in general. Starting with Robert Foster, Fish's boy, uh, ninety plus yards in four of his last five games. Over the last four weeks, he's averaging an insane twenty four yards per catch, which is by far and away first among wide receivers with double digit catches during that span. Uh, he's getting a B for me. I like him in this matchup a lot. I do not like Zay Jones. He has struggled since moving to the outside. He's on the bench, but I do like Isaiah McKenzie as my take a chance on me wide receiver. Might play a little running back in this game because they're all banged up. Pretty, uh, yeah, make it uh, be. Uh, so speaking of, Shady McCoy can't says he's going to play, can't do it, he's on the bench. And making matters worse for him, Josh Allen has thrown to his running backs just 11 times in, four, in the last four games. So Ooh, uh, wow. the, the PPR aspect is not there for Shady. So he didn't get you to the championship, so you're not going to play him in the championship. Uh, as for Josh Allen, he's gotten a lot of people to the championship yes, game. Highest scoring fantasy quarterback for the, since he returned from injury four weeks ago. Nobody's outscored Josh Allen. Yep, over the last four weeks, QB1, like you just said. Um, on paper, the the, uh, the Patriots don't give up a ton to rushing quarterbacks, but the five true comparable rushing quarterbacks they face, Deshaun Watson, Blake Bortles, Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Mitch Trubisky, combined for 24 carries and 186 yards. Uh, Trubisky had do eight, the math on that. That's, that's about still eight. Still only like, yeah, like eight carries and, I don't know, like 40 yards. But if he and gets, one touchdown but, between them. Right. But if each, each of those guys... Trubisky had six carries. If he gets seven to eight carries, Allen will do stuff with his legs. Everyone says, you know, Belichick's going to so. take that away. Yeah. I would play Josh Allen over Tom Brady in this game. I, I have him higher. So I'm giving an Allen a B. Now, speaking of the Patriots, we can start with Brady. I'm going to give him a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, 324 yards and zero touchdowns in the Week 8 uh, matchup between these two teams. And that was on 45 pass attempts. Wow. Since then, Buffalo is yielding under 26 pass attempts per game. And here are the touchdown totals since then in each game. One, zero, one, three to Ryan Tannehill somehow. One, one. They've given it's... up zero or one touchdowns, the Bills have, in 10 of the last 12. Oof, You're yeah. looking at, in all probability, zero or one to Brady, who, by the way, terrible. It's track record against the Bills is bad. Yeah. It's not like you'd think he'd go dominate it's, the Bills every time they meet, and he doesn't. It's weird considering how good Gronk's track record is. Yeah, that's yep. true. So, uh, yeah, Brady gets a soft C here. Uh, not a slam dunk start by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't fault you for starting him, but I would honestly look elsewhere. Uh, speaking of Gronk, I'm going to give him a B, even though he's looked pretty old lately, but that's based on the talent pool in the tight end wasteland. Mm-hmm. Historically has destroyed Buffalo, being a Buffalo native and all, but uh, just had three catches for 43 yards in the first meeting I just referenced. Uh, since then... No tight end has topped 43 yards, Gronk's 43 yards. And on the whole season, 55 yards is the most <laughs> yards a opposing it's tight a bad, end has it's a bad game registered. So it's too. a bad game for Gronk. Yeah. He gets a B. Uh, Julian Edelman, safe B here. With or without Josh Gordon, he was going to get a B. He's a lock for at least eight targets in this game. And the Bills have surrendered four wide receiver 
four wide receiver touchdowns over the last three, and Edelman had nine for 104 in the first meeting. So he's a safe play. Chris Hogan is not. I'm not going there, even with Josh Gordon no longer on the team. Just no. no. And, oh, I got to talk running backs real quick. Sony Michelle. Yeah. Oh, so top- disappointing down the stretch here. Yep. Hasn't topped 63 yards or scored in the last three weeks. James Devlin and Rex Burkhead clearly oh. vulture threats. Uh, the Bills are ranked ninth against the run by football outsiders, and since week eight, only one opposing running back has topped 60 yards. But they have given up the second most rushing touchdowns. They've given up three in the past two games. But again, you can't count on those going yeah, to Michelle. No, you can't. So he's a, he's a very soft C as well, and so is James White in PPR. He's clearly a bench in standard. Uh, New England is nine and one when White gets at least nine touches, and he does better at home. So there's hope here. He's the only one who had any success against Buffalo practically. As a running back, 10 catches for 79 yards, and he ran a touchdown in in the first meeting. Yeah, go figure. But do not expect that to happen again. Uh, He's a C in PPR at best. Yeah, that's it for James White. Let's go to Washington, Tennessee, and this will not take long. The whole Washington passing game is on the bench behind Josh Johnson. No elaboration required there. Let's go to Adrian Peterson. I've got the softest of C grades on him. Tennessee is completely shut. They completely shut down Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley in back-to-back weeks. That's it. I mean, I could really just stop there. They have in recent uh, recent history, though, given up big games to Lamar Miller and Isaiah Crowell. So you know maybe there's an angle for Peterson. If there's one touchdown to be had, he's the probable guy. But I can't even tell you there's one touchdown coming from this Washington offense. So the softest of C grades on Adrian. I hope you don't have to use him. Uh, let's go to the Tennessee side where Derrick Henry is locked in as an A. The Redskins have been trampled by opposing running backs lately. Over their last five games, they're giving up over five yards per carry. And big volume backs like Lamar Miller and Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley have averaged 126 rushing yards alone over that span. Derrick Henry's the definition of volume lately at with 50 touches the last two games. So, an A grade for Derrick Henry. A B grade for Corey Davis. The Redskins secondary didn't allow a touchdown to Jacksonville's receivers last week, but they gave up, because Jacksonville doesn't can't pass, uh, but they gave up a ridiculous seven scores to wide receivers in the three prior games. Uh, Corey Davis primarily lines up on the left side of the field, where he'll face cornerback Fabian Moreau, who they was so he was terrible as a slot corner. So they're trying him on the outside. He's bad there too. He surrendered at least 100 yards in two of his last six outings in his coverage. That's not good. So Corey Davis gets a B, and Marcus Mariota was my take a chance on me quarterback. Let's squeeze in another matchup, maybe even two. If they're if they're brisk like this one, and it might be Jacksonville taking on Miami. I. There's no Jacksonville players outside of Leonard Fournette, right? Yeah, normally we go side to side, like Jacksonville then Miami. I'm just going to say the Jacksonville and Miami passing games are all oh, on the bench. For all sure. of them. Kessler's yep. averaging 149 yards per game, and the Jacksonville defense is number one against wide receivers and held seven quarterbacks under 200 this year. Right. It's they're, all they're all on the bench, so let's go to Agreed. the running backs. Yeah. What do you think about Fournette? Yeah. He's been bad, He's com- and it's such a good matchup. He is completely off the injury report now after, yep. ha- after uh, dealing with his 27th lower leg injury since right. entering the league. Uh, the Dolphins surrendering the second most rush attempts, the third most rushing yards, and a running back has topped 110 total yards against the Miami Dolphins nine times this season. So nine I, times, nine times. I have a B grade on Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the other side, Kalen Balaj. 
uh, the Balaj Barrage coming, <laughs> as they like to joke. Uh, I have a C grade on him. It's a top 5D against fantasy running backs, but the Jags, they are just not tackling. They've given up. You could see it yeah, in that There's Derek a lot Henry of quit game. on that team. There's so much quit, and I honestly think Balaj is going to take all of those gore 12 to 15 carries and maybe then some. It's volume and a Jags team that's given up. I'm giving him a C grade. This is the first game in NFL history without an over-under, I believe. Just kidding. It's probably like <laughs> no, 10. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a zero. It's yeah. a zero. Vegas yeah. didn't even bother. It, it's actually the lowest of the week at 38.5. All right, final matchup of this segment. Houston taking on Philadelphia. I already gave you Demaryius Thomas as my take a chance on me wide receiver. I like this passing game. What do you think about Deshaun Watson, Brian? Yeah, well, volume has been the issue with Watson when it comes to pass attempts. It has. But uh, Philly is getting passed on. Copiously. Copiously. Great word. So Watson just... Simply, he gets a B. He's got DT, your take a chance, me wide receiver, and of course, DeAndre Hopkins, right. who gets an A. I don't care if they roll quadruple coverage on Hopkins. Uh, he's a slam dunk start, of course. And Lamar Miller burned a lot of people last week, me being one of them. Not, yeah. not his fault, but uh, it appears he will return from that ankle injury in a very, very meaty matchup. So you have Let's to. Let's hope so. He has a game time decision. He's questionable yeah, right now. Definitely want to you, you wanna monitor that and uh, grab Alfred Blue if you can. But uh, whoever gets the start gets a B. Uh, the Eagles have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs for the last six weeks, giving up nearly 180 yards and two touchdowns per game to the position. So if Miller. Now, just... I think the best case scenario is, uh, for fantasy at least. Lamar Miller is inactive, right. and then yeah. Alfred Blue just houses all that work, and yeah. he turns into potentially a top 10 running back in that scenario. Yep, I agree, but I bet you Miller plays in this game, and it's going to muddy those waters. But if he, if he goes, I think you gotta you got to give Miller at least a, mm-hmm. a flex-level play. Uh, over to Philly, not a ton to say. i got Josh Adams on the bench. Houston allows only 66 rushing yards per game on 3.2 yards per carry to opposing backs, and Wendell Smallwood was way too much of a factor last week, so Josh right. Adams cannot be trusted. Zach Ertz can definitely be trusted. He's an obvious A, and this is a great matchup for him. Houston has allowed tight end touchdowns in seven of their last eight, and uh, over 80 yards per game during that span to the, to the position. So you got to love Zach Ertz, even without Carson Wentz. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey, last week's wide receiver one, uh, number ones have fared well against Houston, uh, as evidenced by my take a chance on me wide receiver last week, Robbie Anderson. Can we get that peacock one? Oh, I was I was already headed that way. All righty, so Alshon Jeffrey, I'm going to give an A. Uh, he and Nick Foles uh, make sweet music together, so I'm giving Jeffrey the A. But you're not you're not starting Golden Tate in the championship week, and I'm still not going with Nick Foles, even though I like. <sighs> He can be. I'll give Foles a C just because I love Ertz and Jeffrey so much this week. You gotta okay. like Foles a little bit. I'll give him a C. I like, I agree with that. And uh, but that's more of like two quarterback play. Take a chance on me type play. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody needs to start Foles no. in the championship week unless you're in that quarterback flex. But uh, a very nice uh, daily option as well. Yes. All right. On fanball. Uh, that is true. Where you'd want to play. Yeah. And not auction. The, not the other fanball. Uh, hello, Ellie. Hello. Thank you for calling in. How can we help you? Okay, so I'm in a championship round with my uncle, Big Bad Chad. <laughs> and I have two questions regarding my quarterback and my tight end. Mm-hmm. For my quarterback, I could start Dak Attack Prescott or Russell the Muscle Wilson. <laughs> or I could pick up Jared Goffkoff. What should I do? I she Will- needs to be on the show next I year. know. You need your own show, I think, Ellie. Yeah, I love I, it. I have Wilson easily the highest of those three. Yeah, he's my number two quarterback this week. Yeah. We love Russell Wilson. Big bad Chad's going down. Uh, yep. Great Chiefs matchup. Okay, for my tight end, I could do Ev Ev Ingram or Jim Jim Graham. What do you recommend? <laughs> uh, man, I love I love these uh, these nicknames. Oh, it's uh, double E with a it bullet. Was, it was Ingram or Jimmy Graham. Yeah, yeah, I have Ingram. Yep. 
Uh, Jimmy Graham's giving us nothing. And, you know, yeah. the, you know, the broken thumb hasn't helped him catch any better either. You're in Wisconsin. You know all about the, the, the troubles that you're having yeah. with Jimmy Graham over there. Yes, he's not doing good. Jimmy, Jim, Jim Graham. Uh, Ellie, thank you for calling in. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you next year, okay? Okay, thank Deal. you. Deal. Thank Bye. you. Yeah. She's a poet, and she knows it. I like it. Matt. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, before I get to my two questions, because it's not lightning round, thanks for another great season. Thank next you, Matt. Saturday, next Saturday, I, I always feel that void on that first Saturday <laughs> when you guys are there, and I'm already looking forward to mid-August. Outstanding. Okay, thank uh, you very much. Two, oh, you bet, guys. Um, luck or Matt Ryan, my first question. Okay. Oof. I've got him three and four. I, was <laughs> I love them both um, here. I'd lean luck just because I think the Panthers are probably going to struggle to score in this one. I'm going to lean luck. Why, the Giants, does, why does that help? Why does that hurt Ryan? If the, I don't know if Ryan's if the volume's going to be there. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I feel like more of a, a run-friendly script for uh, the Falcons in this game, okay. where, where the Giants could still manage to score more. Than, I don't know. I'm just going to lean luck. I just like luck more in this one. I, I have luck in there now, so I'll keep it that way. Okay, next one. Um, okay, if I have to sit girly, I've got uh, Mixon along with him. Tariq Cohen as my flex. If I got to sit girly, um, Mike Kelly is available, I believe. Or I could throw Mark Ingram in there. So I think I'm okay. You're lucky I'm that. Starting to, Go ahead. I'm starting to lean toward toward benching Gurley. So what do you guys think? I was just going to say you're lucky that besides Mix and all of those are late games, so you don't have to decide till the yeah, last. Yeah, you'll know the last bit. Exactly. That, that's yeah. a huge so advantage. I think I'm okay. Go yeah. get Kelly right yeah. this second. I, I was going to say yeah. get Kelly because yeah. if Gurley doesn't go, and you're going to probably maybe know at that game time decision, uh, mm-hmm. Kelly might be the guy to play. And it's not a good matchup for Ingram. We'll get to that. Later, but I no, Ingram's not in this discussion. Uh, Mixon and Cohen are. But, oh yeah, without yeah, a doubt. But yeah. I think you go get Gurley and you play yeah. him over, uh, or I go get Kelly, what, you play what, him over Gurley. What luck that Ingram, you know, Cohen and <laughs> Kelly yeah. all late games. No kidding. Thank Thanks, you, man. guys. Great, appreciate season. it. Yep, we're gonna work in one more call. We're doing. We're considering we have sixteen matchups to get through. We're doing great. I love that. On time, I mean. Hello, Ben. Credit me. Hey guys, calling <laughs> from work. Merry Christmas to everyone. You guys. Thank love you, guys. Ben. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm going to do this, and if I have more time, I'll ask the actual question. I'm giving you a scenario because you guys are the gods of fantasy football. Scenario is this, week 14, the commissioner is still in the playoffs. The other guy, the other owner, offers me this trade, offers me Tariq Cohen for Tyler Boyd. I wait 24 hours. This is Wednesday. I accept it. Thursday night's games play. Friday comes along, again, commissioner in the playoffs, decides to say, hey, guys, my bill of rights were set. The trade deadline was set for week 12. So, haha, no collusion. And then he reverses the trade, doesn't call me, and lets things go. What's your guys' overall two cents on that? Well, the, the, the trade deadline the was trade week de- 12, and you made a week 15 trade, right? The system allowed it. Week, Basically, it's yeah, the system it's allowed it, but... The rules yeah, say we can. Yeah, I, I think he did the right thing to undo it. I, he just should have communicated it better. Yeah, um, and okay. set up his yeah. host better. That's, yeah. that's why I wasn't too much of a stickler on it, but but I just wanted to kind of get it. It is a bad beat. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's unfortunate, but it yeah, it's you shouldn't let the fact that he didn't have a you know, there was a wonky setting right, right, that right. you know stop you stop you guys from playing the way everybody's agreed to play. Yeah, I was fifty fifty on it. All right, guys. All right, what else you got? All right, really quick. <clears throat> I need two of four, one of which has to be a receiver. So 
I think it's Robbie Anderson or Calvin Ridley. Yep, Anderson. And my flex, okay, that's what I thought. And yep. then my flex, Kalen Balazs or Damian Williams. Oh, Williams. Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah, and that's non, non-PPR. Yeah, both yeah. of still. still. Those are both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys are awesome. Thank Love you. you. Good luck, Appreciate man. it, Ben. Good luck. Bye-bye. Right, bye. um, we'll take a break. When we come back, lots more matchups to get to and three hot questions. Can you go 3-0? and Find out when we return for hour number two of Championship Week Fantasy Football Weekly. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on The Fan. Twitter follower Jeff Brumfield, who alerted me that Lamar Miller's been ruled out. And I had not seen that. That news came down overnight, and I had not seen it yet. In fact, me neither, I haven't seen it anywhere else, but uh-uh. you know, doing through going through Twitter, it's down this morning, it's legit. He's not traveling with the team. Lamar Miller's out. Alfred Blue launches up the rankings. And I I think if you were to put a letter grade on Alfred Blue, it's probably an A grade considering the opportunity against the Philadelphia uh run defense that has been Brutal for six weeks. To quote Will Ferrell in old school, you're my boy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. Um, he needed the money. We need. Uh, I'm going to have to make a, uh, a sizable adjustment on Alfred Blue right now, but he will probably move into top 12, top 12-ish territory wow. at the running back position Alfred based Blue. on the, on the opportunity. Blue. See, this, this really, a lot of this goes back to do the opposite, right? Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of good running backs had good years. You know, Saquon Barkley had a really nice year, and he was consistent all season. Zeke was good all year. But, you know, sooner or later, most running backs end up doing this to you. And There's going to be a team with Alfred Blue, Damian Williams, and John Kelly that wins the wins it, Right. This there week. is. Yeah. And by the or way, Jamal Williams or Elijah or McGuire. McGuire. Right. <laughs> yes. That's, Kalen, that's Kalen the guys Balazs, we're talking about. Or... Yeah, it's unbelievable. Devani's hot question number one. Who should be pick number one on your cheat sheet when we do our first show next year on August 3rd, 2019? Brian. There's some uh, steam. We've been talking tight ends. I know Harrison said he's taking Kelsey 101. I kind of like that, but not enough over the big running backs. It's got to be a running back to me, and it's three guys. It comes down to three guys. It's Gurley, McCaffrey, and Barkley. But... And I don't really know right now. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just in the say, history of the show. Nobody's ever said, "Well, I don't know." I don't know. Well, right, I don't. I don't between those three, but I'm going to go with McCaffrey just because he's going to break the receiving reception record for running backs, and he's not only top five running back, he's a top twelve wide receiver if you just use his receiving numbers. And Barkley's close, but there is Odell Beckham. There is some competition on that team for touches. Not a ton on Carolina outside DJ Moore, so. I'm going to take CMC 1.01. You, you like that. You're Kamara this year. and Yeah, I see that. Uh, just for the listeners, McCaffrey's eight away with two games left to break the reception record. Um, I went with Saquon Barkley because mostly because it's tough to go girly three years in a row. That's just really tough to do. Why, are you just bored of him? No, it's just no... If, if Gurley ends up repeating as uh, fantasy uh, champ here... Um, that'll be the first time it's happened two years in a row since before 2001. 
it's just really rare. And see to see a third, I just don't know that I can see it. And he's he gets less touches than Zeke and then Barkley and guys like that. So I it's it's a lot of touchdowns. So I went Barkley, who's been top thirteen in all but two weeks. Had a top thirteen performance in all but two weeks. He's twenty two. Uh he's failed to top hundred plus total yards just twice. Um and the Rams offensive line, oldest in the NFL. Mm. So I'm gonna go with Barkley. What the heck? Uh, needless to say, I'm not someone who demands that running backs be taken with the first overall right, pick. Right. But it's a running back, yeah. and it's Saquon Barkley. Saquon has the most upside next season since Ladanian Tomlinson, who posted that transcendental fantasy season in 2006 when he had 2,300 total yards and 31 touchdowns. And two passing, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. And two passing touchdowns that year. Um, Barkley has that kind of upside in his game. And here's why. He's got the agility of Barry Sanders, a comparison I've never casually made for any other running back. He has that level of agility. He has the receiving ability of a Thurman Thomas he ha- or a Marshall Falk. He has the explosiveness of an Eric Dickerson. Saquon Barkley is the most complete running back this league has seen since LaDainian Tomlinson, and he gives you that crazy bonkers upside that nobody else can touch. Now, if you look ahead to next year, one way or another, that offensive line is going to get better. It's probably yep. the worst in the NFL. You it's promise? probably going to get better. You promise it's Giants God, I, God, I hope so. <laughs> and one way or another, his quarterback, whether it's Manning or somebody else, probably gets better by default because Manning has been about as bad as any starting quarterback in the NFL. And Barkley has still been awesome for fantasy owners. He doesn't get to play the Falcons and Bucks twice like McCaffrey does. Well, <laughs> but, you know, that was this year's Falcons and Bucks. Who knows next year, right? Eh, they'll suck. Um, you know, even though Pat Shermer frustrated some of us with Barkley's usage at various points this year, he still already touched the ball 300 times this season. So usage is not going to be a problem. Shermer's a very good offensive mind. Saquon Barkley should be the first pick on your cheat sheets when we're doing our shows next year. Giovanni's hot question number two. On next August cheat sheet, you see a theme here. Who should be higher? Juju Smith-Schuster or Antonio Brown? Oh, man, this is tough because Antonio Brown scores like crazy. But I'm, I'm maybe it's just the dynasty mindset coming in. But I'm going to lean Juju here. Uh, he's he's had 100 yards and/or a touchdown in 17 of 28 games, and through the first two years, he's fourth in receiving yards in the first two years of of, of his career. Fourth in the NFL history in oh, receiving okay. yards. Yeah, uh, averaging nearly 80 per game. Uh, man, I like his upside and his potential. And Antonio Brown's coming up on 30 here, so give me Juju. Yeah, we've had the mentality where you want to be a year early before a guy falls off, right? And Antonio Brown might not fall off next year, but he's getting to that point where he's getting old. And Juju really closed the gap this year. And uh, I'd rather be off a guy a year early and be wrong rather than go and you know invest a first-round pick, second-round pick on a 30-year-old wide receiver. So I'm just going to go with the younger guy and uh, go Juju as well. I, I want to correct. He's 30. He'll be 31 next year. Okay. Antonio Brown. When uh, when I crafted the question, I thought the answer was going to be Juju Smith-Schuster, and then I started digging into it and decided it's not. Honestly, it can go either way. For um, eight of the top 10 fantasy receivers this year have something in common, guys. And 15, the letter and 15 a in of the top 20 have something in common. 
They're not slot receivers. Slot receivers almost always struggle to consistently produce fantasy numbers and especially touchdowns, and that's the big difference here. Good slot receivers can turn into Jarvis Landry at a moment's notice. Remember, Jarvis Landry was an an elite scoring option just last year. Even Adam Thielen, an excellent receiver, having a borderline historic season this year, is just wide receiver 23 since the second half of this season. Wide receiver 23. Diggs is wide receiver 16 in that same time frame. Slot receivers aren't generally the elite guys that lead you to fantasy championships and are the highest scoring receivers. It's the outside receivers. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Antonio Brown still, there's no reason to suggest he falls off a cliff next year at 31. He's got plenty of good years left and is still an elite receiver. There's also double the outside receivers that there are slot receivers. That hurt. That helps a little. I don't think it'll fall off. I was just fully mitigating that risk. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Giovanni's hot question number three. Now is the perfect time to work on 2019 rule changes. Next year rule changes. While everybody's still engaged, all your owners are still in a fantasy football mindset. And the season's still fresh. What's the one rule that every league should adopt for next year? Brian. And do you actually have an answer this time? Yes, All right, and I've always had Thank an answer. You. I had the right answer both times. Uh, and I'll go three for three here saying uh, I'm done with the head-to-head in the semifinals. I think just say your standard four teams in the semifinals, make it short and sweet, top two scores advance to the championship. No head-to-head in the semifinals. Hmm. That right. or let the number one seed pick their opponent. But I'll just keep it simple and say everyone plays each other essentially in uh, the semifinals. That's top how two nearly all my leagues run. Four wild cards play, two advance. Then the four two buys, two wild cards play, two mm-hmm. advance. That's how how nearly all my leagues mm-hmm. run. Okay, you done? All right. Uh, mine is it's simple and it's easy and it's just something everybody needs to do is uh, have the sixth playoff spot be top points or or all player whatever you want. But the f- top five, I know so many people really love the head to head and they're very passionate about that. Top five still head to head, whatever you want there. But the last spot, get that best team in. Don't don't allow a bad beat. Or totally bad, agree. Bad luck. Yep. I, that's have, all of my leagues. Last 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 spot is goes to the highest scoring absolutely. team, regardless of record. Yep. Get that team should there. get in. Yep. Absolutely. Can I just throw something in with mine? Uh, in the same vein of not screwing over like the best teams who get you know bounced in the playoffs one bad week. I like reserving some of the uh, prize pool for best record or most points. Like yeah, 60. those milestone events. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And cool then the rest sure. goes yeah. to the the playoff winner. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but the right answer is. Free agent blind bidding. It's the single most important thing. I can't in believe every, we're still talking about that. Every, but we are. I know. I, more more than half of the leagues don't use free agent blind bidding it's still. It's crazy. I know. It is mandatory. There's nothing more important than the equitable distribution of free agents throughout the season. The teams that are winning now or the teams that are that have picked up Damian Williams and Alfred Blue and are working the waiver wire, the people who got Philip Lindsay early, who got George Kittle off the waiver wire, these are the teams that need to be rewarded, and it, you can't do it any other way than right. free agent blind bidding. And it's on wax now. You now approve of $0 bids, correct? I'm on. I'm I'm fifty one percent on on zero dollar bids. It's about time. <laughs> I'm fifty one percent on it. It's it's narrow, but I'm I'm on it over one dollar uh, free agent pickups. So that's a different. That's a whole different story. Correct answer: free agent blind bidding. Honestly, I think we just gave people three good things. There. I think not doing head to head in the playoffs is freaking cowardice. 
That's what it is. Do we have see, time this to is, talk see, about? This is some bitter owner who's like, well, I would have beat if I were in the other bracket, I would have won my game. <laughs> Part of the fun and drama of fantasy football is the bad beats and the head-to-head matchups. The AFC doesn't get to play the NFC just because the AFC's got an easier, harder matchup. It doesn't work that way. I just like the two best teams advancing each week. You, it just Life doesn't work that way. Mm. I like the drama. I don't know. There's a lot of meritocracy out there. Life works that way in a lot of scales where the best just rises to the top. Vikings take on the Detroit Lions. And... Um, some moving parts here, at least a little bit. We'll try. We'll do our best with what we can based on what we know. Uh, one of the key moving parts, Snacks Harrison. The Lions run-stuffing defensive lineman may not play in this game. He's shaping up as a game-time decision. If he doesn't go, Dalvin Cook vaults from a B to an A. In the time since Snacks got there, they went from 5.5 yards per carry down to 4 yards per carry, and only two backs have scored rushing touchdowns since they acquired Snacks Harrison. But if he doesn't play, then, again, Cook goes right to an A grade. Otherwise, a B grade. Obviously, uh, Delvin Cook coming off a season-high 19 carries and a lot of success in Kevin Stefanski's new system. Let's go to the passing game. B grade on Kirk Cousins. The last four quarterbacks to face the Lions have averaged a very modest 220 yards and one touchdown, uh, which is actually... Kirk didn't even get to those numbers against um, against the Lions last time they played, but that was without Stephon Diggs in the game. Diggs makes a huge difference. He'll keep Darius Slay busy. Thielen should have a much better game because uh, Darius Slay won't be able to go on him out of the slot. So I still think Kirk finds his way to a decent game here. I've got uh, I've got B grades on both uh, on both Diggs and Thielen. On the Diggs side, he does draw Darius Slay, and that is a tough matchup. But, frankly, Diggs is better than Darius Slay. And it's not like Slay is absolutely... He's not Patrick Peterson. He's not Xavier Rhodes. He is not a stone-cold lockdown cornerback. So, you still start Diggs. You still start Thielen. Lions did hold Thielen to 22 receiving yards in the other matchup. But, again, that was without Diggs. So, they they double and tripled him for the whole game. He lines up against Nevin Lawson in the slot. That's uh, a corner that has seeded five or more receptions in four of the past six weeks. Kevin, uh, Kyle Rudolph goes to the bench. He hasn't scored in 11 games and has topped 41 yards just once in his last 10. The Lions haven't allowed more than 40 tight end yards, and they've given up only one tight end score in the past seven weeks. On the Lions side, the only starting grade player is Zach Zenner. And it's in part because Linval Joseph may not go. I mentioned moving parts here. He may not go in this game, and Eric Hendricks has been ruled out. And that's two guys right in the middle of the Vikings' defense. And here comes the north-south running style of Egan native Zach Zenner, who's actually averaged four and a half yards per carry. Not bad over the last two weeks. He has scored in each of those games. And Kalen Balaj, even if you take away that 75-yard touchdown, he still averaged four and a half yards per carry against the Vikings. So starting grade of a C on Zach Zenner. The whole passing game's on the bench. Matthew Stafford is missing his number one and number two wide receivers. The Vikings are elite against the pass anyway. And that brings us to the bench grade on Kenny Galladay. Even though it's coming off a career-best outing of 146 yards, but a lot of that came last week because they moved him into the slot to get a better matchup. The Vikings are solid all across the board. And there's nowhere to hide Kenny Galladay here. Mackenzie Alexander has been awesome over the last, really, two months. And the Vikings have allowed just three wide receiver touchdowns in their last 10 games. Kenny Galladay, bench. Fish? 
How does that feel, Scott? You okay with that? Are you stinging? Are you mad? <sighs> I'm just gonna cry a little. That's okay. gonna weep a little in the corner. We need to go to break instead of me doing this. We do need. Yeah, you're you're so, right. We shouldn't do this on the air. It. Let's go to break and we'll come back and tell you if you can get a rebound game from Saquon Barkley this week against a vastly improved Colts defense. This is Fantasy Football Weekly presented by Green Belt Premium on the Fan. Championship Week, Fantasy Football Weekly. Hopefully you are still alive, playing for something. You've got something on the line. I hope that's the case. Uh, Scott, a quick flashback, listener request for a more specific rating on... And on Kenyon Drake. We sort of glossed over and just went, you know, we're not starting any Dolphins, but... Other than Kalen Balazs. But you want to just mention Drake in particular for a sure, moment? Was it sure. Kenyon Drake's mom that called in and asked this question? It might have been. <laughs> the only That'd be uh, email or Dan Grant. In this that is game, just for I, you, Dan. In that game, I just gave Fournette and Balage starting grades. I have, I have Kenyon Drake firmly to the mid to lower end of your bench. Right in that range. <laughs> mid to low end of the bench. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Middle I, of the bench. You would think that... Middle of the alphabet. With Gar out, that Drake would be would make sense, and I I was shocked that they just went wholeheartedly for Balage, but that's what they did and last apparently week. Apparently, it wasn't injury related. Yeah, no. So that's it. Let's go to uh, the Giants taking on the Colts. Scott, my worry as a frequent Saquon Bar- Barkley owner is no Odell Beckham, no real passing threat, and now the whole Colts offense is there to take away Saquon. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yes. maybe but I'm, I'm nervous. It's the same guy that I just mentioned has been a top 13 back in all but two weeks this year. I, right. How are right. you benching him in, in your championship game? I don't want to. Uh, I'm still giving him a low A grade. He's he's had 18 touches in basically every game this year, and mm-hmm. the Colts are Colts are allowing the second most receptions and seventh most receiving yards to running backs. Wow. S- still giving him an A grade. Okay. Uh, but because of OBJ out and the tough matchup against the Colts team, who's only allowed one top 12 performance from a wide receiver this year, uh, and they're good against quarterback, all, the whole passing game, except for Ingram, is on the bench. Mm-hmm. Ingram, uh, the Colts allowing the second most receptions and most yards to tight ends. I have a B grade on Ingram, but you could even talk me into an A. I think it's a good matchup, but I have a B grade. What a him. dog Ingram has been this year. I know. Oh, jeez. I know. Hey, he was tight end one last week. It, been hurt. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. I think he has uh I think the sixth most tight end one weeks this season, something like that. Really? So, which is crazy considering, is, can, considering how bad he's been. Yeah, but well, all been you hurt. have to be have to have a tight end one week is yeah, top, that's right. top twelve. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So you need about eight points. <laughs> now th- yeah. this is a Super Bowl homecoming of sorts for Eli Manning. And if they bring back Mario Manningham, I like him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this is where they won their last Super Bowl <laughs> in, in the Colts Stadium. That's okay. what I mean by that. The, this is uh I told Brian this this morning. I have all major Colts players in my top 10 of their respective positions right now. So I have an A grade on Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, and Marlon Mack. Yeah, love them all. Yeah, Ebron's got 12 touches as a tight end in this year of tight ends. Uh, And uh, in the three-game, I'm not even going to go over it. Ebron's an A grade, obviously. You're starting him. Uh, Marlon Mack, I love this. Giants are bottom eight in nearly every category against running backs. And uh, Marlon Mack just torched a much better Dallas defense. A grade there. And with Luck and Hilton, when Hilton plays, look at the last six weeks with with T.Y. Hilton. He's averaging just under 10 targets, 
seven catches, and 120 yards Dang. per game wow. over the last six. Next year, is he a top? Is he going to be in your top five at the Y? T.Y. Hilton, top five on your cheat sheet next August. <sighs> he, he, they then to... rolling healthy, you know, Andrew Luck, a whole year healthier. Yeah. And that line keeping Luck and the right, protected. yeah, uh, maybe man, he's going to be he'll be top ten. But how clo- how high does he climb? Uh, he hasn't had fewer than seventy seven yards since week eight. So a grade there and and Luck. Uh, I know that he's had a couple duds, but this is a bounce back uh, place. Uh, Watson, Newton, Wentz, Ryan, they all had three hundred yard games and or multiple touchdowns. I got an a grade on Luck. We should mention T. Y. Hilton's a game time decision. Yeah, that, no, he may not play in this yeah, game. There's a re- and I don't and I, there's a real threat he may what, not play. What I, what I've seen is that he's questionable but likely to play is what I've seen. But may, maybe that's been that's the case changed. the last like three weeks. I think then he <laughs> yeah, plays really and has. goes off. Yeah. yeah, he's it's it's tricky, but so keep an eye on it. Yeah, you do want to keep an eye. It's an ankle injury. Yeah. You do want to keep an eye on that. Yeah, and it's a noon game, so you'll know early. Uh, Green Bay takes on the Jets. We've already talked about a bunch of players from this game. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers and what otherwise feels like a pretty juicy matchup against a bad secondary, but Rodgers has just been so meh as a fantasy producer. Yeah, and he's banged up, too. Uh, knee, groin injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm giving him a C. I honestly almost like Darnold more in this game. Uh, the only thing going for him, only Josh Allen and Brock Osweiler failed to throw multiple touchdowns against the Jets in their last 11 games. I cannot fault you for starting Aaron Rodgers, but again, he's another big-name quarterback. <laughs> I would... Uh, Highly suggest you explore other options in a better matchup. So just a C for Rodgers. Uh, basically, the only guy he's got to throw to is Devontae Adams, who's just been money in the bank all year. Mm-hmm. Only the Eagles have surrendered more yards through the air, two wide receivers in the Jets. So Devontae Adams, uh, automatic A. Randall Cobb listed as doubtful. I was kind of intrigued by his prospects, but I not anymore. Too. Not yeah. anymore. But I'm not going to... Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. No. Fish, say that other... Say ESB's name for me. I can never do it right. Oh, Equinemius Equinemius. Equinemius. St. Brown. Oh, it's uh, Marquez. It's more like oh, Equinemius St. Bench. They're both on the bench, and so is Jimmy Graham. I'm not trusting him in the championship uh, week at all. Uh, only Gronk and Eric Ebron have topped 42 yards against the Jets this year. They're How about that? brutal on tight ends, yeah. and Jimmy Graham is just brutal all around. So he's on the bench. And uh, Jamal Williams was my take a chance on me. Running back, very viable this week. Over to the Jets, Eli McGuire was your take a chance on me. Running back, charge. Yep, love uh, it. Uh, I like him. You can love him this week, which is a sad, especially against the Packers, who yeah. have probably packed it in, I would imagine. Anyway, great play this week. So is Robbie Anderson. It was a great play last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, even better matchup this week. Green Bay secondary is very exploitable. Uh, they've allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers, and Robbie and Darnold are really clicking right now. And that's why Darnold was my take a chance on me quarterback. And I'm not going Chris Herndon. He's been mentioned a lot, but hopefully you're not contemplating starting him, even though he's a borderline Top 12 tight end option this week. Uh, the Packers also tough on tight ends. They've allowed just two scores to the, position, uh, to the position all season, so I'm benching Herndon in championship week. Chicago taking on the San Francisco 49ers, and I like a bunch of Bears in this matchup a lot. Let's start with the running game where Tariq Cohen gets an A grade. 49ers give up the fourth most receptions and ninth most receiving yards to opposing running backs, so you know Cohen will help you through the air here. They allowed Chris Carson and Mike Davis to catch all 14 of their targets last week. Whew. Cohen has caught 28 of his last 32 targets, and he has scored twice over the last four games. I think he chips in with a really nice all-around, all-purpose game here and an A-grade on Tariq Cohen. But Jordan Howard, also startable. Over the last three games, he's averaged 18 carries per game on a solid 4.5 yards per carry. That 18 has been a magic number for running backs against the 49ers. The five backs to get 18 carries, 
four of them scored. Two of them found the end zone twice. So I like Jordan Howard here as well. B grade on Jordan Howard. I've got a borderline A grade on Allen Robinson in this yes, matchup. I, love, I him. love him here. The uh, the 49ers just put uh, Akella Witherspoon on injured reserve. That means they're starting three rookies in their secondary. And that was a group that already allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers with three rookies starting here. The 49ers have allowed the seventh have allowed seven wide receiver touchdowns in the last three games alone. See, Allen th- Robinson is a great start. He's up to wide receiver. I think I've talked myself into wide receiver eleven for me this what week. Doug Baldwin did last week to the Niners. A Rob could duplicate that performance. Not out of the slot, but yes, that could be. He runs all over the field, but anyway. That is true. He does run all, all out of, uh, from all positions of the field. He's my favorite of their receivers. You could, because of all of those problems, I've got a C grade on Taylor Gabriel. Anthony Miller's been just completely off the radar. He's done nothing for three, four weeks, and I mean nothing. But in a dire pinch, you could use him, but I hope you don't have to go to that level. Trey Burton gets a C grade. He hasn't topped 40 yards or four catches in eight weeks. Now, he did score his first touchdown in six games last week, but the 49ers have given up just one tight end touchdown in the last 10 games. It's a, again, in any other year, Trey Burton would be a flat out bench. This year, he gets, he gets a C grade. And that leaves just Mitch Trubisky with a solid B grade. He hasn't, uh, Mitch Trubisky hasn't been allowed to throw more than 31 passes in two months. And I don't like that part where they're dialing back his, his volume and this, they're arguing, they're going to run a lot. But the 49ers secondary, so bad for the reasons that we already discussed. And, and he's thrown one or two touchdowns in every game in the last two months. The Niners secondary, all banged up, as I mentioned. They're allowing the third most passing touchdowns over the last five games. Mitch Trubisky, one way or another. Air or ground will have a nice game. All right, let's go to the other side. 49ers. Only a couple of guys to mention. Uh, the running game, Matt Breida is back at the helm, but the Bears give up the six fewest rushing attempts, the fourth fewest rushing yards, and the fewest rushing touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. And he's always at risk of failing to finish a game. I've got a C grade on the Niners starting running back, and you don't want to go to the uh, the depth players at all. No. And then um, that only leaves us with a couple of the guys to talk about. George Kittle, of course. Supposed to great numbers, but the Bears have been great against tight ends. No tight end has gone for 50 yards, and none have scored in the last seven weeks. That said, the Bears have not faced a single top 10 tight end all year long. And in home games, Kittle has seen at least seven targets in five of the, last, uh, five of the six home games, and he had uh, 100 yards and a score in the game in which he didn't see seven targets. So one way or another, Kittle ought to get you to a good game here. A grade, George Kittle. Last guy I'll mention, Dante Pettis. Chicago actually, as great as Chicago's defense is, they actually give up the fifth most receptions and the sixth most receiving yards to wide receivers. Pettis has uh, has turned into the go-to receiver, and Marquise Goodwin totally disappeared. Pettis has been a consistent producer here for a month. Touchdowns in three games, 100-yard game in the other one. So um, he, is, uh, he gets a B grade as they battle back playing from behind throughout. Nick Mullins is on the bench. All right, that wraps up this segment. When we come back, the last segment of the year for Fantasy Football Weekly, our championship edition. Stay tuned. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. Final segment. 
segment of a championship edition of Fantasy Football Almost Weekly. Thank you for joining us. Hope you are in the championship game. We have four games to get through, and then we're going to get to lightning round. We'll do our best to be brief here so we can get to as many of your questions as possible. We begin with the Rams taking on Arizona. We broke down the Todd Gurley situation in great detail at the start of the show. If you missed that, go back to the podcast, which will be posted, I'm told, within minutes of the end of the show. So check out the podcast for detail on that. Nice. So let's do, let's, you know, given that, let's not repeat that whole opening part again. No, no, let's. We can take the, no. Uh, John Kelly was my take on guy. So obviously I like him. Whether Gurley plays or not, I like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think he'll end the game. He'll get, he'll get the touches. Gurley, if he starts, I'm only giving him a C grade just because I think he could come out early. He could. I really do. Agreed. Uh, It's a 16 and a half point line. I, I think they could get ahead and he could just come out. Um, in the passing game, I'm giving Goff a Z, a C, a Z. Wow, a C. As you've mentioned many times on this show, the dichotomy when when it's a running day versus a passing day, when it's a girly day, I think it's going to be a girly Kelly day. So I I have Goff with a C grade here. I don't think they're going to pass a ton against a top five pass defense and the league's second worst run at defense. So uh, I give him a C grade. I give Cooks a C grade mainly because. It's a tough matchup with Buda Baker, but he could always have one of those big 100-yard days. He has five of them this season. He's always good for a big play. A C grade there. B grade for Robert Woods, who is top 60 yards in 14 straight, and he's averaging 10 targets per game in the last four. Yeah, and, but he gets Patrick. No, he won't get Patrick. He'll get Buda Baker for a lot of this matchup. Yeah, That's get, tricky. Yeah, yeah, he gets a tough matchup with Buda Baker. What I think I said that for Cooks, but not not Cooks. It's Woods that gets the tough matchup, right? There, but uh, well, Red- Woods Woods gets Patrick Peterson. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Reynolds, I have on the ban- bench. I just don't think there's going to be enough meat on the bones in the passing game in this one. The only way that he's he has a game good game here is if they just throw away from Patrick Peterson and yeah. they go to Reynolds. And and that was last week. He had 12 targets last week, but yep. not even a great game on those 12 targets. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, I have Rosen on the bench. Bench and I, oh, the whole passing game's on the bench. Honestly, I gave Fitz a C because he's averaging five for sixty-two over the last few weeks. He's getting something. So in PPR leagues, I give him a C. But Nikel Roby Coleman's very good in the slot. Barely, I don't like it. Barely a C grade. And DJ, I actually did give a B grade too because he's middle of the pack against the run. And I think Rosen's going to have to dump it off to him just enough to give him a, uh, an okay day. That's it. Pittsburgh takes on New Orleans in a high-flying shootout. Brian, there's not many people to bench here, I don't think. There kind of is. Well, we'll hmm. let's talk about it. Well, right. you're benching James Conner. He's been ruled out. Yep. It's the Jalen Samuels show again. But uh, I'm going to give him a B because New Orleans is very tough against running backs on the ground, uh, allowing just over 15 carries and like 55 yards per game. So wow. uh, they are susceptible through the air to running backs, and uh, Jalen Samuels can catch the ball. So he's, you're starting Samuels if you own him this week. The volume is definitely going to be there for him. Uh, speaking of your starting it is, guys, it's an elite run defense. It is. Though. It is. I mean, this is not. He, he you had to downgrade to him in standard. Standard, he's a C. Actually, I should clarify that. PPRB standard C. Uh, like, yeah, a, a that brutal, sounds right. It's a brutal matchup. Uh, sort of a tough matchup for Antonio Brown, if uh, but not really. He's uh, obviously the real. The real concern here is Juju, uh, who hurt his groin this week in practice. Yeah. Uh, game time decision. Uh, I don't know what to tell you other than you got to monitor this. And if you're banking on him, I think James Washington is the next guy up. Four targets in each of the last two games. If Juju is out entirely, mm. he will have to absorb some of those. And, you know, they're going to focus a ton on Antonio Brown. But uh, I would have a better uh, – it's a late game, though, so you're not going to have a lot no. of fallback options. So no. he's one that is definitely available out there if you're desperate. Uh, but, yeah, keep your eye on Juju, all I can say. Uh, Vance McDonald, I'm going uh, – 
I got him on the bench. Uh, even though the Saints have allowed three tight end scores over the last two games, allowing under three catches and under under 30 yards per game to the position. I just Oof. can't trust Vance okay. in this game. And then uh, Big Ben, you get road Ben, but he's been pretty good on the road this year. Yeah, uh, the yardage has been good. Yeah. The, the touchdowns have been middling. One or yeah, two touchdowns two. in every road game. But uh, the Saints are allowing two passing touchdowns per game, so Ben offers a very safe floor in championship week in this matchup with mm-hmm. a, certainly still a high ceiling possibility. Uh, over the Saints... Really, not a, a whole lot to talk about. We'll start with the running backs. Uh, Alvin Kamara just can give him a B. The Steelers have allowed only one 100-yard rusher all year, and only one back has topped 60 receiving yards. Uh, overall, they give up the seventh fewest rushing yards and the th- third fewest receiving yards to the position. So I just know, a B a, for Kamara. It's a tough matchup. He's down at running back 13 for me, and that, and that puts Mark Ingram firmly on the bench for me. Uh, yeah. What a disaster Mark Ingram has been for his owners this year. Holy cow. Really, really disappointing. Absolutely. He's had about three good games. That's and, it. And well, and you, good luck finding we, those. We said, and of course, he missed the first four games. We said avoid him at all costs uh, going into the year. I know I did at least. I'm pretty sure you did, Charge. But anyway, he's on the bench. Uh, over and now uh, over to uh, the receiving game. Michael Thomas, obvious A. Uh, I'm not recommending oh. other wide receiver. Uh, his owners wouldn't feel like it's so no, obvious. I know. Well, well, obvious A in that no touchdowns in a month of play hasn't hit 100 yards in a month of play. Ugh. It's it's been okay, bad. not obvious, A, but you're starting him. Yes, you are. It doesn't matter what his grade is. You have Correct. to start Michael Thomas in this game, but you don't have to start any other wide receiver. Traquan Smith is way too much of a dart throw, and yeah, we're not going anywhere there, nor Ben Watson. And we'll, I'll finish with Drew Brees. He gets a C, along with Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees yeah, all have C's. gotten Cs yeah. on this show. Odds are, if you've been banking on Breeze, you've been bounced from your playoffs already because he's been absolutely brutal statistically over the last three weeks. Not an amazing matchup, but over the last three games, Pittsburgh is allowing 300 yards and nearly two passing touchdowns. So you're going to start Breeze, but you might have better options out there. That's all I can say. Kansas City takes on Seattle. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and and Travis Kelsey are all obvious A grades. Uh, Mahomes is my number one uh, quarterback. Kelsey is my number one tight end. And uh, I like Tariq Hill here as well, even though there 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 are some matchup tr- there are some tricky parts of this matchup. But Tyreek Hill lines up all over the field. He's probably sitting on a nice game as well. The only uh, the big question, the big thing to know here, Spencer wears out, and da- well, he's doubtful. So we assume he's not going to go. Da- I can't remember the last time a doubtful player played. Yeah, I mean, almost never. That. Right. Uh, Damian Williams will be your your workhorse, well, quasi workhorse running back, and I've got a B grade on him, but it's almost an A grade since becoming regularly involved in Week 13. Uh, Williams has averaged four and a half yards per carry and a touchdown per game on the ground, but he's also caught 12 of 13 passes in that span, and he faces a, a Seahawks team that gives up the eighth most receptions, fourth most receiving yards per game to opposing backs. Uh, other all-purpose backs like Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook all had big games, uh, both through the air and on the ground. I like Damian Williams in this one. Let's go to Seattle. Chris Carson is sitting on a monster game, and he's my number 2 ranked running back this week. The Kansas City Chiefs give up the sixth most rushing yards per game and five yards per carry to opposing running backs. They also give up the most receiving yards and the most receiving touchdowns per game to running backs. So a great game coming for Chris Carson. They're so bad here that Mike Davis gets a starting grade. He's up at a C here. Rashad Penny is out, and Davis is going to get enough work that he could even chip in something meaningful as well. Let's go to the passing game. I like Russell Wilson a lot, too. Now, he's got low volume, 
And that has meant that, because you know, no team runs more than the Seahawks, uh, he, he ranks 27th in, in passing yards among starting quarterbacks, yet despite that, he's thrown multiple touchdowns 12 different times, and the Chiefs have allowed multiple touchdown passes nine times, including four straight. So, you roll all that together, nine times and Russell Wilson nine sitting on a couple times. of touchdowns here. Doug Baldwin, B-grade. Uh, B-grade on uh, Russell Wilson, by the way. B-grade on Doug Baldwin. <clears throat> Over Baldwin's last four games played, He's seen almost double the targets of Tyler Lockett. So, you know, Baldwin is always more of the go-to receiver traditionally than Lockett. Lockett is, is the low-volume guy. You like the volume here for Doug Baldwin a lot. He goes up against strong, usually strong coverage from Kendall Fuller. In Fuller's last two months, he hasn't allowed any touchdowns, and only once in his coverage did he give up more than 54 yards. So I don't love the matchup with Fuller, but I love how much volume Doug Baldwin's getting. He gets a B. Tyler Lockett gets a B. The Chiefs secondary, allowing the sixth most receptions to receivers, and six of the last seven touchdowns they've given up have been to non-slot receivers. That brings Tyler Lockett into play here. Orlando Skandrick is the only Chiefs cornerback who has the speed to hang with Lockett, who's really, really fast. But Skandrick only plays one side of the field. So you can get a positive matchup for Tyler Lockett against the much slower Steven Nelson on the other side. So I like Lockett here as well. A, B grade for him. Final matchup. It's the, uh, do we have a Monday night game? I think it is a Monday yep, night game. Yep, we Monday still have Monday night, night games. games. Denver yep. taking on Oakland. Scott, wrap it up for us. Final matchup of the year. Yeah, I actually like the quarterbacks in this game. I give them both starting grades. Uh, let's start on Denver's side. I like Keenum. I know he had a bad game against them week two when they faced, but since then, the Raiders have gone on to allow the most passing touchdowns in the NFL, including 11 straight multiple touchdown games until Driscoll screwed that up last mm-hmm. week. Uh, but I, I really, I really like Keenum this week to uh, re- con- restart that trend. Uh, so for the wide receivers, I'm benching Sutton. He's just lost right now. Yeah. He's just lost since Emmanuel Sanders went out. And Hamilton and Patrick are getting the work. Hamilton is getting the targets. He's getting the receptions. Um, he's had at least nine targets and at least seven receptions in each game since he went out. I have a C grade on Hamilton and a C grade on Patrick, who's mm. more of the big play guy, gets more yards. Uh, I, I think they're both playable. Let's see, I, if I had to choose one, I'll choose Hamilton. Uh, okay. If those two, of those two, though, because the Raiders have allowed seven touchdowns to the slot in just since Week Ten. Wow. And Hamilton's wow. Receiver. I like that angle. Yep. So uh, Phil Lindsay, I'm giving an A. The Raiders are allowing a ridiculous amount of rushing yards. I think it's up like 120 a game, something like that. Mm. Uh, second worst in the NFL in that category. I I think Lindsay will rebound. I know that since Sanders went down. 24 carries for 44 yards. You're scared. But, well, yeah. But th- this is a, this is a get-right game. Uh, on the other side, Derek Carr, I'm also given a C grade. He's averaging 290 yards and two touchdowns per game over the last three. Hmm. And the Broncos have allowed 300-plus and or multiple touchdowns in six of the last seven. And we were just talking off air. He hasn't thrown a pick since week five. Wow. So I, I like Derek Carr right now. Uh, I don't like his wide receivers, though, because I don't know who to start. They're so... They're so hit and miss. I, I have them all on the bench where I do like their passing game is Jared Cook, who I give an A grade to. The Broncos, fourth worst against tight ends. Cook, the fifth best tight end on the season. And Kittle <laughs> had 210 and a half on wow. the Denver Broncos team just a couple weeks ago, remember? So, yeah. Uh, and I have the running backs on the bench. I don't, I don't care how many carries Martin gets. I just can't start him in this matchup. I don't blame you. These yeah. teams hate each other, too, so they're going to go at it. It's going to be a good game. Final... Lightning round of the year. We'll try to zip through as many calls as we can in about the four or five minutes that we've got left, beginning with Patrick. Thank you for your patience today. 
Hello, Patrick. Hello? Hi. Yeah, um, I had one uh, PPR league. Can uh, we get credit for uh, return yards? Uh, so, Tariq Cohen or uh, Derek Henry? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I don't know how much return yards Cohen gets. I, you can't sit Derek Henry right now. He's on, He's got another great matchup, and yeah, he's on fire. Tommy, hello. Dak or Rivers? Oh, uh, oh boy. Wow. Um, I got Dak a few spots higher. It's a oh, tough yeah, River, game. Rivers tough, is tough Baltimore. Game Sorry. Rivers. Yeah, yeah, Rivers is Baltimore. I'll take Dak. Uh, Bill, welcome to the fan. Sorry. Hey, thanks, guys. Rivers, Rodgers, or Keenum? It's the toughest question between two players. You're breaking Fine. the rules in championship week. Rivers or Keenum? Keenum. I think. I you just you I just talked Keenum me into Keenum. You Keenum. You just talked me into Keenum. Oh boy. Uh James, hello. Hey, thanks guys. Uh I got half point PPR, Philip Lindsay or Dalvin Cook. Ooh, wow, you really gotta pick between those two? I, I gotta it, go I think, it hinges, I think it hinges too. on snacks. Yeah, I was gonna say without yeah, snacks. Yeah, there you go. That, I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. If they're snackless, then you start. Yeah, Cook, Cook looks great right now. So. Uh Andrew, hello. Andrew. Hi, uh, uh, between, uh, I'm sorry, I got had the wrong page up here. Um, between David Johnson or Amari Cooper for uh, half-point PPR. I have Amari higher. Okay. I think uh, that's going to be more of a shootout than people think. Chris, hello. From the Dallas side. Hey, uh, half-point PPR, Corey Davis or Keenan Allen? Uh, I'd actually go Corey Davis in this one. I'm nervous about Keenan Allen. I don't like that matchup at all. And he's banged up. And he's banged up. Ryan, hello. Yeah, if Gurley doesn't go, do I go with Kelly or Damian Williams? Well, Damian. you got to pick. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't. Never mind. Yeah, they're no. both late games, I, I go Damian Williams, yeah, I think. Yeah, so uh, Mark, you are next. Hey, uh, two running backs, uh, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Stop, 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 stop. It's your one question between two guys. Bring it down to two I, guys, Mark. I don't think this okay. has happened all year. Now it's no, happening twice. You're right. <laughs> Damien Williams, Jamal Williams, or Melvin Gordon. Oh, uh, God. Bobby, <laughs> you are next. Uh, Trubisky or Breeze? Uh, Trubisky yeah. is our guy here. Oh, yeah. Yes. I agree. Yep. yep. Tommy, you're next. Uh, PPR, Tevin Coleman or James White? Oh, Tevin Coleman. Oh, I think. Yeah, with Edo Smith out, it's yeah, it's got to be Coleman. Fred, you're on the fan. Yes, uh, I'd like to know between uh, Philip Rivers, um, just or, one more uh, Cousins, or should I pick up one of your take a chance on the quarterback? Cousins. Wow. wow. He's trying to. We have people trying to beat the system in Championship Week. John, oh, you're next. John, I'm going to miss running back start two, and he, I got Melvin Garden, uh. Jamal Williams. Jalen Samuels or John Kelly? <sighs> All right. Let me just see. The idea here is, as it has been now for five years, it's one question between two players so that we can get to as many callers as possible and not try to decode your start three of fives. That's how we do this, and that's how we've always done it, and I think we've now on our third or fourth time through this. One this just sums up the fantasy football season right between here. Between two Basically. players. This season. Trent. <laughs> Please help me here. I can't. I'm sorry, Trent. Say it again. 
Louder? Uh, it's a 50-50 league, Ballage or Blue. Ballage uh, or Blue? I think it's Blue now. This yeah, Lamar Miller Lamar. news is actually yeah, for sure. I think it's yeah. Blue now. Dave, you're next. Dave. I got Sony Michelle, or you might be talking me into Alfred Blue. I honestly think it's blue. It is blue. There's no James Devlin on the Texans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Greg, you're next. Watch Foreman get two hey. questions. Greg? Yes, that's you, Greg. Oh, um, Gordon or drop somebody and go pick up Derrick Henry, non-PPR? Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. Yeah, it's Melvin Gordon. You can pick up Derrick Henry? Wait, is Derrick Henry? Did he say Derrick Henry? Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Oh. I, I just wow. tuned out after he said, you got to go get Derrick Henry. Wow. I have Derrick Henry higher than Gordon. Oh. Yeah, at least He's add him. him. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, defensive move, if nothing else. Yeah, add him for sure. Um, uh, in our final moments, I want to send a heartfelt thank to my co-hosts, Scott, Brian, and Matt, for a... it. it as you guys know, as, ever, as listeners know, preparing this show is... Not easy. These guys dedicate a lot of hours throughout the week to be ready on Saturday and to execute this level, this this program at the level that you've become used to. And it is not easy. And I'm very grateful. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Charge. And thank you, Matt Harrison, as well. Thank we are you. grateful for the opportunity. Yes, it is. And you uh, work so incredibly fun. hard, obviously, as well. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. We'll be back next August third for the 25th year, the silver anniversary of Fantasy Football Weekly. We had a great year with everybody. I hope you did, too. Best of luck in the championship game. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Fan.